welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, we are once again joined by Sarah Rue, James City County's Emergency Manager. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, how are you, Renee? I am great. As always, it's great to see you, but it just sometimes means that, you know, we're getting ready to hit an exciting time. And yes, yes. For sure. So um, anyway, September is National Preparedness Month. Which, yeah, which coincides <laughs> with um, the height of hurricane season, which normally happens somewhere around like September 16th or so. Um, I know we've had, knock on wood, a fairly quiet hurricane season this year, but just because it's been quiet so far doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to stay that way. And currently, you know, the Atlantic seems to be picking up activity. There's several potential storms that are trying to organize themselves down there and things. So, um, you know, it's always a good time to prepare. And um, we are partnering with several of the other county departments because um, Parks and Rec holds several fun events um, in September. So you can come and see us at Drool in the Pool. We'll have uh, preparedness information for you and your pets. Um, we will also have information on how you can help us uh, or you can volunteer for our community animal response team. Um, people that join get uh, pet CPR and first training, first aid training for pets. Um, we are holding a class uh, for that sometime towards the end of October because I have to get done with a CERT class first before we can before we can do that one. And then, so we'll be at Drool in the Pool. So I'm super excited. I'm still trying to convince my cute and adorable Yorkshire Terrier that she needs to come with. So uh, it might be me and Lily, uh, or it uh, might just be me. We'll see how the weather goes. If it's a little too hot, she's getting finicky in her old age. So um, I don't, now, I don't bring her out as much anymore. But now, Sarah, um, I have to ask because yeah. I know Lily has some clothes. Does oh, Lily have a swimsuit? Yes, she does. <laughs> of course she I does. I did. You believe us or not, I did not buy the swimsuit though, Renee. Oh, it was from okay. one of my friends Aww. when, uh, yeah, when they found out I had her and I moved to a place where I was right across the street from the pool. Um, yeah, they bought the swimsuit, except you can't, you're not supposed to take a dog in chlorinated pool. You know, like there's a whole thing with it. Right. That's why drool in the pool is so great because right. they, you know, level down whatever you're not supposed to have in the pool so the dogs can go swimming so um yes so lily does have a swimsuit we'll see last time i brought her to drool in the pool several years ago she was not a happy puppy because she's <laughs> not a huge fan of water and she was she did not like the idea of swimming but um we might try it again and this time i'll have my camera ready oh, <laughs> so. that's awesome We'll That's see. Awesome. So super excited for that. So I would love for people to come out and learn some more about um, pet preparedness. Uh, hoping I'll have um, some stuff to give away, maybe some good prizes or something. If if the mail, <laughs> if it comes soon, I ordered stuff. So we'll see how uh, how that goes. Other than that, I always have handouts and things for, for people, but hoping to have some good uh, giveaways as well. Um, Harvest, we will be participating in the Harvest Festival, which is the following weekend. So we will have all of our general emergency management preparedness stuff, um, especially focused on kids. 
um, and coloring and sticker books and those sorts of things and maybe some fun new games. Uh, so that would be great if people stopped by and saw us there as well. Uh, we are, again, partnering with Parks and Rec for Movie in the Park on uh, September 23rd. Um, they allowed us to pick the movie. Um, when we normally partner with us, they normally allow us to pick the movie. Our first year was uh, The Wizard of Oz. And then I think we did Frozen one year um, and then COVID hit and there wasn't that for a while. Uh, but now um, our movie for this year is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So uh, if anybody's wondering why that movie was picked, I, we try to do some sort of weather theme um, and again, if you come out and stop by and see us, we will probably have some prizes or giveaways or something for people, um, along with a lot of preparedness information. So super excited about that. Um, later on past that, we'll be doing Boo Bash. Um, we'll be handing out stuff there. And then um, fire department hasn't said anything about their normal um, fire open house thing, but I believe they'll be doing that in October as well. So we will be out and about, um, hopefully trying to reach a lot of people and uh, get everybody prepared for hurricanes or other sort of disasters that might come because once we get out of hurricane season, it's winter weather. So, um, and there's always something to talk about there, but I'm sure that'll be another podcast. So I will continue with my hurricane speech. Uh, things people can do uh, for hurricanes. First of all, know your risk. I know we went over this last time at the beginning of hurricane season, Renee, but I thought it would be worth doing again if they go to the county property website and they scroll all the way down to, um, well, they enter their property information. So you get past that page, you hit submit, scroll down to the emergency management section. There's a section that is called hurricane evacuation zones. So you can look and see if your house is in one. Um, and then if so, make appropriate plans to go, you know, to a friend's house or um, however, whatever you plan on doing. Again, just get, you just need to get out of the zone. You don't need to like, go to Richmond or, you know, we're, we're lucky enough in James City County that there are a lot of areas that are higher um, that should not flood. I hate to say will not flood, but should not flood. Um, and people would be, would be fine in. So, you know, go to a friends, a family, neighbor, et cetera, or not neighbor, just friends or family. Um, and then, you know, make a, make a plan. Uh, as always, we will have, uh, if necessary, shelters open. But again, I, I'm sure people are really sick of this, but I really love the story. It's a it's a lifeboat. It's not a cruise ship. So we try to accommodate everybody's needs and uh, make it as pleasant as possible. But again, it would be, uh, in my opinion, more comfy to stay with someone you know that's outside of whatever zone ends up being evacuated rather than um, in, in a shelter. So um, just, just a thought. Uh, so you know, know your zone, make your plan, uh, figure out where you're going to go. We have lots of information and planning activities, um, worksheets, et cetera, that we will have at all of these events that I mentioned earlier. Uh, you can come and pick up some of those to help you start making your plan. Uh, we're also more than happy to um, talk you through if you have any questions or concerns, um, you know, or a gap in your plan and you're trying to think of a creative way to fill it. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're happy with doing all of that. Um, just in general, no, um, 
you know, the difference between a watch and a warning. Uh, we've kind of been over this before. So a watch, like, like the taco, I love this one. I don't know who came up with it, but a watch is like you have all of your taco ingredients ready for Taco Tuesday. Everything's set out. It's ready to go. Well, a warning is when the taco is actually put together. So, um, so this is the difference between a watch and a warning. All the conditions are right and the stuff's there, but nothing has really come together yet. And then a warning is when stuff comes together. And thankfully with hurricanes, we normally get a couple days warning beforehand. Um, so on that level, it is one of the better storms because you do get some additional time to prepare and prepare your home. Those with any access and functional needs, again, need to take into consideration that when they're planning um, or making their kit, if they need, you know, additional meds or some adaptive equipment. Uh, personally, for myself, I always make sure that I have um, my pair of glasses with me because uh, I wear contacts normally. So you don't have to necessarily have, I think when people uh, hear adaptive equipment, you might think like a walker or a cane or something. Um, but you know, adaptive equipment is anything that you use that you need in order to function daily. So for me, I'm blind as bat without <laughs> my glasses or my contacts. So I need to make sure that I have those um, as part of my kit. Along with, we're now doing suggesting five days of food and water. And this came out of um, the storm several years back where FEMA was not, they were overwhelmed with um, several hurricanes back to back and they said it was going to be longer to get stuff to places so um, suggesting five days of food and water uh, for you and your animals making sure that um, if you have little ones you know you have enough formula or baby food or um, you know whatever other special diapers whatever other special needs they have uh, making sure that that's in your kit as well um, and then also get your home ready. Um, I know it's not a fun job, but cleaning out gutters can be very helpful. <laughs> um, and making sure, you know, just doing a quick survey of around your house and making sure there's no dead trees or maybe there's a big um, dead branch off of a tree that could fall and hit your home. Um, and if you need to, uh, if you would like a professional assessment, you can definitely call one of our wonderful tree companies that we have here in uh, the county and ask them to come out and do an assessment for you. Um, thankfully, James City County does not have a whole bunch of um, evacuation or flood or not flood, evacuation or hurricane storm surge zones. Um, so our one of our larger threats is actually the trees falling into people's homes. So uh, make sure that you have uh, that, that you're that you're looking at the trees from that perspective and they are gorgeous and they are beautiful. However, um, you know, the, the oak tree that's been in the backyard for, you know, 50 years might not necessarily be as sturdy as it once was. So it never hurts to check it out. Make sure um, that now that fall's coming, I know a lot of people sometimes take all their patio furniture off or stack it in the corner or something of their deck or their outdoor patio, uh, making sure that's secured so that if we do get some strong winds, stuff isn't blowing around like the random trampoline that likes to go floating down the neighborhood that you always see. So make sure that stuff's either taken down or put away um, before a hurricane. Sarah, then, if we could, real quick, I'm sorry, I wanna go back to the trees. Sure. 
my husband and I were watching some show this weekend. It's where people go and look at different houses and then decide which one they're going to buy. Well, this couple goes to this lake house and they're like, oh, look at all of the beautiful trees that are there. And my husband and I are both sitting there going, look at all those above ground power lines. They are going down. <laughs> right? But it's just, again, it's a whole, once you've been through it. Yeah you don't forget that kind of stuff. So while it's been a while, you can always talk to neighbors that have been around for longer. And we have a lot of trees and a lot of above ground power lines. So keep an eye on that for sure. Yep. Um, Another, this is a fun new one that I just saw added. Um, It's called get tech ready. So it's keep your cell phone charged when you know there's a hurricane uh, is forecasted, purchase backup charging devices to power your electronics, uh, whether it's a tablet or, you know, a lot of the laptop computers now can be charged off. I mean, like there's so many ways to stay connected now compared to, I hate to say this, when I got into the field, Um, (laughs) there wasn't that many, I mean, like a backup power, you know, kit thing was huge and, you know, like the size of a cinder block and it was just not super functional. So while we're talking about power outages, um, they do normally come with um, hurricanes or even in our case, tropical storms, because let's all remember that um, hurricane or wrong, (laughs) tropical storm Isabel was a tropical storm. Um, it wasn't, it was not a hurricane by the time it reached our area. So um, for those that remember Isabel, uh, which is normally the storm that people, that people still have in their head um, as one of the worst around here uh, in recent memory, that was a tropical storm. So um, tips for power outages, um, keep freezers and refrigerators closed. (laughs) Um, Keep them closed because they will keep the cold in your freezer or fridge longer. Use a generator uh, if you can, if you can, if you have the hookups and everything, um, but only outdoors and away from windows. Do not put it in a garage that is attached to your house and run it because the carbon monoxide fumes can still get into your house. So that's a big, huge um, deal there. There's a lot of deaths um, that come from storms actually come after the storm has passed and it's due to, you know, people running generators or, um, you know, other sort of injuries that come with with storm cleanup or, or surviving after the storm. Do not, and this is more for a winter one, but do not use a gas stove or oven to heat your home. That is also dangerous. Um, disconnect appliances and electronics to avoid damage from electrical surge. So when the power comes back on, you know, then that's the time to start plugging stuff in and hopefully, you know, you won't have to have, you know, like replace your TV or something if you got a big, huge electrical surge um, uh, when they turn, when the power came back on. So have alternative plans for refrigerating medicine or using uh, power dependent medical devices. So whether that's, you know, buying a small little portable generator to power some of that, some of these battery packs now are pretty impressive. I just don't know enough about um, uh, um, uh, wheelchairs that, you know, um, automatic wheelchairs, or I can't, I can't even think of what they're called right now, but the wheelchairs that run on batteries, battery, battery powered wheelchairs. Um, <laughs> 
to know if one of those, you know, one of those battery pack things would be, you know, big enough to charge it for a day or two. Um, so, and then if you, if you do have some mobility issues and you do rely on something that is um, electrically dependent, like a electrical wheelchair, um, make sure that you have um, a secondary or a backup, something that doesn't rely on electricity, unless you have those extra batteries and, and those sorts of things. So for a wheelchair, it would be electrical wheelchair it would be having a manual wheelchair. Um, so something like that. Um, and Sarah, and that, is, that is a really good point. I, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and I've never, because it's not my situation yet someday, maybe down the road, but I've never thought about, you know, the need for backup for medical, you know, you think of dialysis and things yeah. like that, but even for just day-to-day -day yes. use of running around. So that was a really good tip. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah. I try, try to come up with some good ones. Occasionally I do repeat myself quite frequently, but <laughs> I do like to add in an occasional new one. Yeah. I like <laughs> um, it. Okay. So preparing for power outages, uh, make it make, so this is something that you could do beforehand. I mean, we don't have to, you, you don't know when the power is going to go out. I mean, like a month or two ago, we had a storm come through and a good chunk of the County lost power for a while. So, uh, better to do it sooner rather than later. Um, make sure that you go around your house and figure out what items you really need to have power to. And then you can figure out some way. And I'm not talking about, I need to watch my TV. It's along the lines of if you have an at-home dialysis um, machine or the wheel, the electrical wheelchair issue or um, knowing or talking to your doctor or pharmacist about uh, how long, if I have refrigerated medicine, how long can that refrigerated medicine, is it, how long is it good for and what temp? you know, what, what's the temp that it needs to be at for it to still be good? Or once it falls below a certain temp, then I have maybe a week or two weeks to use it. Um, so talk to your pharmacist or doctor about that beforehand. And, um, you know, you can always do um, a cooler and some cooler bags or something if you're afraid of, you know, if you have those situations with, um, with medicine. So, uh, food storage. Uh, this is a tough one. I know a lot of us, or at least me, I wasn't a huge food storage person until COVID hit. And then I wasn't going out as often. So now my freezer is rather full and I'm working on whittling it down. Um, but for, for food storage, make sure um, that you monitor and not by opening the door, <laughs> but monitor the temp that's in there. If you do take something out of it, um, if you happen to be away, a good trick that I learned a while ago from the health department was, or from a person at the health department was before you leave. So let's say you're going to evacuate somewhere. You take um, an ice cube tray and, or you take one of your ice cube trays that you have right now that's in the freezer and it's frozen and you stick um, a quarter on top of one of the cubes. If by the time you come back, that quarter is at the bottom of that ice cube tray, that means that your freezer was warm enough, long enough to melt the ice cube and it's 
the food in there is is no longer it should should not be eaten. Um, with that being said, you know freezers could you know if you happen to come back a little later and the ice cube tray is still frozen, but the quarter is frozen at the bottom of the um, of the ice cube tray. Again, still it's at the bottom of the ice cube tray. You need to toss the stuff that's in the freezer. And I know, or at least I heard around here, it was either the winter storm or Hurricane Isabel. There were lots of fun barbecues that went on after the storm because everybody was getting rid of everything that was in the freezers. So there is an upside to losing your power, you know, and 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 some good uh, community get-togethers if you have to get rid of um, some of it within a within, and you're afraid it's going to to go bad, as you can kind of tell. Um, and then make sure you have uh, carbon monoxide carbon monoxide detectors with battery backup, um, especially if you're going to be using those generators or um, other um, items, uh, you know, that might somehow produce or send carbon monoxide into into your home. And going back to the food, when in doubt, throw it out. It's not worth it. I, I know food is expensive, especially nowadays. I mean, food prices have gone up, but it's also expensive to end up in the hospital for a couple of days because you, you've caught, you know, some food poisoning or something that was also, um, that, that would also be very expensive. So, um, so that's what I got for electricity. Now that we've talked about all the expensive stuff, I did do some research this time because I feel like I'm constantly telling people to buy stuff and you need this and you need that. And it's really expensive to buy this or that. So what can we do on a budget? There's several things that you can do that do not require um, a whole lot of money or ways of um, incorporating your planning for your kit um, and, and food items for the kit uh, when, when you're going about your normal day-to-day -day business. So the first one, as I mentioned before, know what disasters normally hit your area. Does your house flood? Um, does, you know, are there those tall trees around? Is there only one way in and out of your community? If there's only one way in and out of your community, uh, you need to plan for that because it might take the fire department or BDOT or whoever, uh, and I say fire department because if there's an emergency, they will cut through the tree to get to the house. It's just going to take them longer to do that. Um, or a contractor to come through and, and you know, cut down the tree. So uh, cut through the tree that's over the road. So just plan for that. So there might be a time when people, the fire department, et cetera, can't get to you for a while, um, or you might not be able to get out and you need to, you need to be able to plan for that. Um, create your emergency communications plan. So let your loved ones know if you're planning on evacuating. And if so, I'm gonna evacuate because I'm in a category two storm surge um, zone. So I'm going, you know, I'm going to go to my friend Lisa's house and that's where I'm going to be. So if the power goes out, your cell phone dies or whatever, your family has a general idea of where you're at, give them the address beforehand. Um, so, you know, they're not as worried. Um, and then make, you know, make sure, you know, especially if you're a parent with kids, make sure that you have a plan, a communications plan if something were to happen during, um, you know, school hours or when you might be at work and the kids might be at school or daycare and where you might meet up or what you're going to do, you know, if you're going to pick them up from school or daycare or how, how that's going to, 
how that's going to work. Make sure you store important phone numbers on a sheet of paper. Um, <laughs> I am personally so reliant on the cell phone. I know my phone number, my personal phone number, my work phone, my work cell phone number. And I still remember my home phone number from when I was uh, in Minnesota. <laughs> Those are the three phone numbers I know. I currently don't even have my parents' cell phone number memorized. And the one the Minnesota number where I grew up would not help me at all because they now live in Myrtle Beach. So um, <laughs> make sure you have all important phone numbers. So your doctor, your friends and family, um, anybody else that you might need, hack, you know, make sure you have it written down somewhere, um, preferably with all of your other important documents. So like your home, a copy of your homeowner's insurance policy, or at least the policy number written down somewhere. Uh, we always suggest that, um, especially during preparedness month, since it's around the height of hurricane season, take pictures of your house inside your house. I mean, you can take pictures outside too, but like inside your house of what stuff you have because that will be, if something does happen and you have to make an insurance claim, um, you have documentation of the stuff that you had beforehand. You have documentation of what your house looked like beforehand. You had hardwood floors, you had nice granite countertops, um, and that helps them with their assessment, you know, if the house is, is really damaged or, um, you know, uh, yeah, if, if the house is very damaged from, from the storm. So, that's always a, another good tip. Uh, sign up for emergency alerts. Uh, Jade City County uh, has our own emergency alert uh, system. So um, you can sign up for JCC alerts. Uh, if you wanna go to that webpage, you can do that. Or if you wanna call our office, Michael is more than happy to register people. So um, the phone number for that is 757-564. 2140 again 7575642140 um and and we can get you all signed up for for um JCC alerts then build your emergency supply kit and this doesn't have to be something that you have to do all at once so you could start over time every time you you know make a random errand or when you see stuff on sale like batteries were just on sale or flashlights were just on sale. And I just saw at one of my favorite stores that if you bought three um, items for a first aid kit, they gave you the kit to put it in. Um, so there's always, stores always have little deals like that going on, especially around um, August and September due to the amount of hurricanes the United States normally sees. So they normally push that preparedness stuff. So you don't have to buy all of it at once. Maybe one time you buy a, a small flashlight. Uh, maybe the next time you buy the batteries. Uh, and this could be a year round, you know, whenever you have a little extra money or, um, or there's the sale going on, then you just pick up those extra things. Um, the water and non-perishable food items. You don't have to... Um, I know a few food insecurity is, is, is a real thing, um, especially in different areas. Uh, you don't have to buy special food to put into your kit. Now it does have to be non-perishable, um, but if you have peanut butter, 
and some crackers and you have, you know, can of tuna fish or whatever, I would put all of those non-perishable items in a, a special section of my pantry. So then if I had to take stuff out quickly, I could just go to that section because I know all the stuff in that section is good and then take it with me or I know that those things are good to eat after, you know, if, if there's no electricity and I can't cook something. Um, so that, that, that's, that's a thought of how to do that with the food that you might already have in your house, but kind of segregate it. So, you know, if, if there's a hurricane coming, you got to leave quickly. It's not this panic. Oh, what do I, what do I put in there? You already have it kind of sectioned off um, in, in your pantry as into what, what you would bring with you. And again, um, you know, when you go to the grocery store, if there's something on sale, that would be good for that kit, um, you know, or that section of the pantry, maybe buy more non-perishable items during September and October, just so you have them. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah, if we could talk about water for mm, a second, yes. as you know, I was very proud that we set up some emergency supply kits, both mm -hmm. my husband and I have them. Yeah. And I was really proud because I went and I bought this five gallon thing of water that had mm -hmm. like a little faucet on it. Yeah. Well, I moved it at some point. Well, it must have jiggled something loose. Uh -oh. And I came into work and not realizing that it sprung a leak. Oh no. And uh my office had five gallons of water in oh. the carpet. So that is a mess. So yeah. my recommendation would be either empty whatever you have if you have a big container and I'll just know Right. That if something's happening, I'll fill it up really quick mm -hmm. um, or just check it periodically to make right. sure that there aren't any leaks because yeah, you tip. don't want that to happen to you. I promise right. you. It's a very good tip, Renee. Very yes. good tip. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And right now, there's also the water emergency that's going on in Jackson, Mississippi. So, um, well, I hate to say it. Well, you did have a problem with your five-gallon water holder, uh, you know, container. It, that might not be a bad thing to invest in. Mm -hmm. I, I have full confidence that JCSA is, is we're not going to have a, an issue anytime in the near future like Jackson, Mississippi has. But uh, even for hurricanes, if you fill up a big thing like that, or some people have suggested uh, filling up your bathtub with water beforehand. Now it's, you have to think about this. If you're in a high prone wind area and your bathroom is the only interior room, um, we also suggest you hide in the bathtub during high winds. So you obviously don't want the water in the bathtub while you're hiding in the bathtub. <laughs> so, I mean, pre-think a little bit beforehand, right. but, uh, but bathtubs are very handy during disasters. They can store water. You can hide in them. Um, so yeah. So, but, but, but think about that beforehand. Cause I just keep thinking about all those poor people down in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And um, I'm like, wow, even if you would have filled up every single bathtub just to use it to flush your toilets, um, you know, most of that water would probably be gone by now, even just to flush toilets. Um, so definitely something to think about. And again, you know, this can be something that you can do right before a storm. 
Make sure that you have clean, you know, large containers. Do not use milk containers because I've heard from the health department that there's no way you can technically get those clean. So, but if you have with the bacteria or whatever it is that's that's in milk just because it's uh, more organic, but like if you have soda bottle uh, containers, like the liter containers, or you buy like sweet tea in the big gallon jugs, um, you know, you can fill those up with water um, right beforehand. I've heard of some people even um, using their rain water uh, container buckets um, that they collect and use for their gardens. Um, they've started, they were in Mississippi starting to use that just to flush the toilets and stuff. So, um, definitely something to, to think about and have, you know, again, just an idea during hurricane season, you know, I know everybody, a lot of people like to recycle around here, but maybe you, you save a couple of those large, um, liter bottles of water, uh, where you can drink out of it, or you could use it for flushing the toilet, or you can use it for taking a little bath. Um, and make sure that you have those, those things. So um, store important documents like passports, birth certificates, maps, electronics at a flood safe place on a high shelf or upper floor in a resealable tight container. So you can, it can be a plastic bag, it can be a container, just make sure that the water doesn't get in. I also um, suggest if you can have um, a jump drive uh, with, you know, digital copies. Um, so you might have the paper copies in one place and the jump drive in another. So if you can't get to one or the other, you have, you have a backup somewhere. Um, now we don't have, thankfully around here generally don't have the issue of um, people needing to go into their attics to escape water. Um, but again, if for some reason that were to happen during a hurricane this year, uh, just make sure that there's a secondary exit from the attic because you don't want to get stuck up there and then have high water and not be able to get out. Um, that is something that FEMA was um, reiterating again this year uh, to make sure that um, if you go to a higher spot in your house, make sure that you have a way to get out, that there's a window or something um, so that you can so that you can get out, which also leads me to our fun fact for today, uh, which is the 1667 dreadful hurricane. So people are probably thinking, Sarah, there has never been a time around here when people have had to go onto their roofs to get away from floods. However, yes, folks, there has been. Um, in 1667, um, there was a hurricane, I just love it, it wasn't a hurricane, <laughs> a hurricane that came through and um, it lasted 24 hours. It began at the northeast and went around uh, northerly till it came west and then it came southeast where it ceased. It was uh, accompanied with a violent rain, but no thunder. And um, in the Jamestown colony area, approximately 10,000 houses were blown over, area crops were beaten into the ground, many cattle drowned in area rivers. They were saying in here that even if you, many people drowned who lived not in sight of the rivers, yet were forced to climb to the top of their houses to keep themselves above water. So I realize our houses are, 
even even one that's low to the ground is probably a little bit taller than the ones they had in colonial times. But um, again, something to think about and just put in the back of your head. And then after that, if that wasn't bad enough, then they had 12 days and nights of rain. So you want to talk about a problem. That was a problem. <laughs> I like, I'd like to think that there was like a colonial emergency manager and a colonial public information officer right. going around trying to <laughs> going door to door, trying yeah. to tell people about this stuff. <laughs> you, you need to leave. <laughs> please, please. Leave. Um, yeah. So I really think, let me see here. Um, so the, I'll reiterate it again. So get a kit, make a plan, stay informed. So you can stay informed. Renee does a great job of keeping everybody informed through all of her posts on social media um, and updating the website. Also, you know, if you subscribe to JCC Alerts, that's another excellent way of getting information. FEMA does have an app. Um, I personally prefer the JCC alerts because it's more local, but FEMA will give you information too. It'll just be a little bit more general. And they also send out some messages through that. Um, and I talked about our events and certain cart. And I do have, since it is hurricane or not hurricane, it's national preparedness month. I wanted to talk if, if we have a little bit of time, Renee, about a disaster that we don't talk about very often. I don't think I've ever brought it up here on um, the podcast before, a hazmat incident. Mm -hmm. There have been quite a few lately over on been. the Western side of the state. Yes, there have been. And um, we do have, I'm not going to say some of the critical infrastructure that we have going through, but we do have some, um, some hazardous materials that are coming through either on the interstate or by rail, or there might be another way of delivering stuff that, um, that runs through James City County, not to mention um, some of our lovely private partners, uh, some of our businesses that make stuff have um, hazardous materials um, that we need to prepare for. So just some general tips. Um, the county will alert you um, if there is some sort of issue and you need to evacuate or you need to stay in place um, from a hazardous material incident. So that's one of those reasons why it would, it's really good to sign up for JCC alert because we can take, um, you know, we can draw a circle or we can, you know, draw an octagon or whatever we need to draw. Um, for a particular area if we needed you to stay or if we needed you to evacuate so if we ask you to evacuate do so immediately stay tuned to the radio or television know again how to get out of your neighborhood is there only one exit um and then if we have to open up any temporary shelters or you know um places to to stay for the day just like a waiting place or something we'll provide all of that if you have time uh, to, minimize, bleh, to minimize contamination in the house, close all windows, shut all vents, and turn off all attic fans. Take pre-assembled uh, disaster supplies. So, um, you know, take your disaster preparedness kit with you as you go. If you are asked to stay indoors, now this is different than the stay indoors order that we had during COVID, where it was kind of like stay at home if you can, but you know, if you need to go out, like you can go out. This is a, like, if we tell you to stay inside, you need to stay inside. Um, bring pets inside, 
close and lock all exterior doors and windows, close vents, fireplace dampers, and as many interior doors as possible, turn off air conditioning and ventilation system, or set the ventilation system to 100% recirculation so that no outside air is drawn into the building. Personally, um, when my air conditioner person is coming or my heating guy is coming in a month, I'm going to ask him where on earth that little button is because <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option for right, my system. Right. So that's a note for me to do. Um, and then it says, I don't, this would be really bad, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if we'd ever get to that point. Um, take shallow breaths through a cloth or a towel if gas or vapors have entered the building and avoid drinking or eating food or water that might be contaminated. And then go to your shelter room, seal all gaps <laughs> around the area with wet towels, plastic sheeting, duct tape. Don't secure it too, because I've heard people securing their room too much and then the air, there's no airflow into the, you have to make sure that there's a little bit of airflow. Doorways uh, with plastic, doorways or windows, air conditioning units, bathroom and kitchen exhaust fans, stove dryer vents with, uh, stove and dryer vents with duct tape and plastic sheeting. If you're outside, stay upstream and uphill and upwind of wherever the contamination is. In general, try uh, to get at least a half a mile, usually eight to 10 city blocks away from the danger. Do not walk or touch any spilled liquids, airborne mist, or, uh, or condensed solid chemical deposits. Try not to inhale gases, fume, or smoke. If possible, cover mouth with cloth or mask while leaving the area. And stay away from accident victims until hazardous material has been identified because it is possible that you touch someone's skin with some of these and the contaminant can get on you as well. Um, if in a car, stop and seek shelter in a permanent building. And if you must remain in the car, keep car window and vents closed and shut off the air conditioner and heat. And then afterwards, you know, listen again and we will give you directions. But um, if you act quickly, you can, um, and you came in contact with the hazardous material or hazardous chemical, um, we will give you directions on who to call, where to go, to get decontaminated, et cetera, and um, seek medical treatment for unusual symptoms as soon as possible if for some reason something continued. So um, that, was, that was my new one for today. And as always, I'm filled with joyful news and happy things for people to think about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. That sounds positively horrible. May that never, ever, ever, ever happen. But a flip side to that is how easy is it to prepare for a hurricane compared to preparing sure. for a hazardous material spill? So yeah. Look, do the easy one first. Yes. That one first. There you <laughs> then go. go buy your plastic sheeting and yes. your duct tape. Ah. And aluminum foil and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, just when I thought you couldn't come in with something even more terrifying, here you go. Got a couple more for you for a day. You don't I have to want to be Debbie Downer this. every time I end up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible. Um, well, then. On that note, another thing I'm really for glad that we do not have the risk of as much here are those wildfires yes. that they have out West because those would just be positively frightening. So at least there's that. That's a positive. That's a positive. <laughs> 
all this humidity that we have is good for something, I guess, to keep yeah. that down. <laughs> yeah. So true. So well, true. Sarah, as yeah. always, my goodness, so much information. Um, so many great things for people to know. I, one last thing, did Renee, you, oh my sorry, gosh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't plug cert. Okay. That's not horrible. You can plug that. Okay. No, yeah. I, I didn't plug our cert classes. So um, yeah. So our, our next cert class starts um, October 6th and the vast majority of the days are on Thursdays and Tuesdays. Um, there are a couple Saturdays thrown in there. Uh, but it was only two. One's a skill review, so you don't have to show up for that. If you don't, if you feel your skills are fine, you're fine. Um, and then you can contact michael.powers at jamescitycountyva.gov, or you can call uh, the emergency management number that I gave you guys before, and they can register you. Or you can just go to the emergency management website, and there is a little um, thing on there for the CERT class. Same thing if you're interested in CART either stop by and see me at drool in the pool or contact us and we'll get you on a list for that when we do offer the pet cpr and first aid class and other cart classes um, we have uh we have you on a list to contact you so um so those are my that's it i'm sorry that's i'm now i'm i'm done done <laughs> no that that's really good stuff and it's very important and for people that it's difficult to sit around and wait for help to come or wait for this all to be over you can jump right in there and be part of this train this train group in the community and it's just it's very admirable for yeah. folks to do that so i'm really glad that we offer that program and, and with that i will say you don't if you don't if you're if you're afraid that you might not have the time commitment to be part of a team like full time mm -hmm. um you know you can always do as much or as little as you want or if you just want to take a really great preparedness class, learn how to use a fire extinguisher and do some basic first aid, and you know that you're not gonna be able to join the team, that's okay too. I would rather have more prepared citizens or uh, residents in James City County um, go through the program than someone be afraid and say, oh, I don't have the time commitment, but I'm really interested, but I don't have the time commitment for a team. So uh, we were super flexible and um, and hoping to have some more people sign up. Sounds great, Sarah. So as always, thank you so much. We will talk with you again, I think coming around winter. Winter. Time. So that'll always be exciting. I wonder what new fun things you'll have for us then. News. <laughs> so again, Sarah, thank you so very much. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode. Also go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast and while there you're going to be able to find all of our shows as well as a form that you can complete give us show ideas comments criticisms we would love to hear from you all of this information that sarah has provided in terms of telephone numbers emails web addresses will be available at the end of the show and if you're watching it on video you're going to see a screen with all of that information if you're listening to the podcast it will be in the show notes so you will not miss a thing i guess i could have probably mentioned that at the beginning of the but anyway, anyway, it's going to all be there so you can find it. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you all next time. Bye.